Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. You know what that means? That means you're listening to The Mystery of Parenthood. I'm Trey, and that's... Stephanie. Stephanie, <laughs> and Thaddeus is over there, too. <laughs> we can't everyone? say Thaddeus is in the house. Uh, we're in our house. <laughs> yeah, we're. this is COVID version of Mystery of Parenthood. So we need all the help God can give us. So, Stephanie, why don't you start with a prayer? Amen to that. <laughs> In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. And grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, Holy Family of Nazareth. Pray Pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray Pray for for us. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. All right, so. Wow, little did we know that all the weaknesses and trials through which our family may sometimes pass, huh? That kind of that kind of hits home in a different way in these days and times. And the laptops through which we sometimes <laughs> pass. <laughs> I'm yes, just a, so y'all know, we've spent almost an hour trying to get, <laughs> to get this together for you guys. Uh, well, hopefully it's a good show. You know, to trust God's going to give us the grace to do it, but it's never as fun as if we we're all in the same room together, but... Uh-huh. Um, God's grace and Thaddeus' perseverance. That's right. No, <laughs> putting up no. with us. So, what were you going to say, that? No, yeah, I was just going to say that's that's too kind to you. Uh, to to me, uh, I'm sorry that I didn't <laughs> didn't have everything. Just oh seamless. no, no. But anyway, it was. Yeah, we're good. We're on. We're good. Stephanie's, you know, broadcasting from her Bay Area office, and <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> yes, anyway. for those of you who have never done Skype, there's some really nice office backgrounds you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm in my window office, looking like I'm on about the 12th floor of uh, mm-hmm. some really nice high rise. Yeah. <laughs> and as technology challenges, I am. Lucky to just even see my face. <laughs> yeah, and this, this episode of Mystery of Parenthood is brought to you by Colby Cashin's iPhone. Exactly. <laughs> my phone started dying. But anyway, I digress, which of course never happens. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we're glad y'all are listening and glad that we're able to do this. Hey, you know, we were, we were, um, Stephanie and I are at least scheduled to go give a talk in, um, in September to, to young married couples. Well, I guess just married couples, uh, with Arlen Nichols group. And yeah, we don't, and he was, you don't have to what, be young, <laughs> right? You don't have to be young. That's right. They're actually where people our age old. You mean, well, at least I'm old. Stephanie's of course, 29, but, yes. <laughs> but anyway, um, we're, uh, we're just talking. It's about, it's about, um, how to, what, what what practical steps to creating joy or having a joy filled family and um, and I think there's some good things here that that they had sent us that I want to I think it's a good thing to talk through that basically the the three um, things we're going to talk about today is number one for a joy filled family placing God and family first um, second is Reconciliation, prom- promoting a culture of forgiveness within the home, 
And then third is service, uh, practicing generous acts of mutual service and doing the most ordinary things with great love. And I know that me and Thaddeus, not too distant, talk about that. Or was it? It may have been me and Dennis. I don't remember. But, <laughs> but, but talking about the fact that um, so much of our lives as parents um, is very ordinary. And if, if God required the extraordinary always, you'd, you'd be hard-pressed to be able to um, please Him and do anything for His glory. But fortunately, as His Son revealed um, and the Holy Family has revealed, that it's in through the ordinary stuff that that is our of so um, with that I, I thought I'd, I'll just springboard off because there's a great quote here um, from Pope Francis and we've talked about this but in terms of prior, prioritizing God and family um, as being kind of the first step to avoid to a uh, joy-filled family um, and creating that kind of environment I'm going to quote Pope Francis here Pope Francis says love needs time and space everything else is secondary Time is needed to talk things over, to embrace leisurely, to share plans, to listen to one another and gaze in each other's eyes, to appreciate one another and to build a stronger relationship. Sometimes the frenetic pace of our society and the pressures of the workplace create problems. At other times, the problem is the lack of quality time together, sharing the same room without even noticing the other. There, there are several things that we've talked about before, but I think um, during this this time, I realized how frenetic the pace was <laughs> uh, pre-COVID. Because now that there's just not, I mean, I you know, for me, I, I, my work has not slowed down; it's picked up. But but in terms of all the extracurriculars that we're used to going to, it has. Um, provided me with a better awareness of how crazy things were for a while. Thanks, Steph. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, and it came to an abrupt halt. It would have been nice to have a little. <laughs> yeah, I would like a little bit of frenetic stuff. A, a little bit. Well, just a little bit of the decrease, you know. Um, but, um, yeah, and I, I still, I mean, I, I don't know about all of our, all of our listeners out there, but I, I still feel like I'm you know, processing like all of this, even three months later, um, just still processing, um, because everything's changed. I mean, you know, it, it, and our family life has changed in terms of, um, proximity and, and, and whatnot. I mean, but that's the, but, but it it is the thing that has stayed mostly the same. You know, if yeah, that makes any yeah. sense. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think one of our sons who actually got the triplets actually got interviewed um, about this COVID environment in school and, you know, what they missed. And I thought it was really sweet that one of them, um, Kennedy, talked about how, well, it's kind of interesting that we started out homeschooling uh, and now we're ending our, um, you know, K through 12. That is a good schooling, observation. Wow. Schooling from home. Yeah. A little bit different, um, you know, because like uh, Kingsley said, yeah, I had access to my other teacher though, <laughs> meaning me, the mom, <laughs> right. and I, their access to me did not help them at all with calculus or physics. <laughs> <laughs> Nor I, uh, but, but, um, but yeah, but I, I did think interestingly enough that even with COVID, I mean, even with the lockdown and we really, that first probably well, uh-huh. until they lifted the restrictions. I mean, we we really the kids, um, it, the kids did an amazing job of of um, uh, of quarantining and 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 staying in ho- staying at home and and but we still really had to work um, at, at being a family and seeing each other and being present and you know all the things that Pope John Paul II just talked about. Um, you know, in that quote, it still was really hard, even though, you know, the outside world was imposing this, um, this quarantine on us. Um, it, it, it was, it, it could have been very easy to all just, you know, um, 
slink off into our rooms and <laughs> and that and that's that is what I'm I mean it in this day and age you would normally think I guess when we grew up if something like this happened I mean you'd have TV and that would be about it there would be no internet no FaceTime it it, it is easy even in these times to kind of go all your separate ways and occupy your time with everything else so even in this environment uh, and even if you were all, you know, following quarantine and staying in the same house together, you still have to work to come together because there's so many things that can take away. So because, like, like I said, Pope Francis says, you know, love needs time and space and I, time for us. I mean, we've always talked about he uses the term quality time. I, I've always we've always talked about the need to have like. Not, not just quality time, but just time to sit around. I think I've, I think it's Matthew Kelly that talks about just being around each other without having activities planned, you know, not, not making it to where the only reason that you get together is to do something instead to just sit around in the living room and chat. I mean, that's a lost art. Don't you think? I mean, it, it is a lost art, people. <laughs> and, and it's a good thing to know, but it's also good because things come up in a conversation when you have nothing else to do. I think that's why, like, car rides are a great place to talk. We used to always say that our, some of our best conversations as a married couple and even as a family were pre-cell phones and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> you know, where you were kind of – locked in a room, I mean, locked in a small space together. And the option was to read, sleep or talk. <laughs> well, you know, you know, on a five or a 10 hour trip, which sometimes we went on that the talking was good. Um, so I think you have to work really hard, much harder now, even if you're in the same space to make sure you're making time for one another. Don't you think? Absolutely. No, we've, we've kind of, we're, you know, reinstating, uh, we've kind of waxed and waned with our, with our family, our family nights. Um, there have been times where, you know, we're lucky just to sit down to dinner together, you know, during, during times when people have all their activities at the height of, you know, um, to catch a family dinner together, you know, was, was a blessing. Um, but I think now, especially realizing with all the kids, um, exiting the nest, um, you know, we're, we're reinstating the family night. And of course <laughs> the, the difference is, is, you know, the scheduler that I am, I used to be able to get, you know, every Wednesday we're going to, you know, and now with work schedules and we've got one umpiring and, um, you know, people doing different jobs, um, this summer, we're having to just on Sunday night, mom sends out the, sends out the, okay, what night, what nights we got this week. <laughs> right. So, and I think that the points to one of the things that, that, that I think we want to make sure everybody does is the need to be intentional about carving out time. Not, it doesn't, it, it does not happen by accident. It's so easy to have time gobbled up, even in this day and age and the way things are going. So it is something I think you still need to schedule and get everybody to commit and, you know, um, even to set an amount of time so that people can be aware. I mean, sometimes we had short meetings where we say, hey, it's just going to be 15 minutes. I mean, I hope tonight that when we get together, you know, it's a little bit less focused and a little bit more just around each other. So be intentional, I think, that with regard to making time. Um the other thing that I think is a, another point that we've probably talked about is as married couples and as Catholics in line with making an offering that that our our marriage is and should be seen as an act of worship. Uh, you know, that litered, you know, I, one day, if I can, I'd write the book, you know, the liturgy of life. You know, liturgy is a public act that, that there's a that there is a as with every liturgy, kind of a re- repetitiveness to it, something that happens over and over again, but that can be offered as a prayer. That's not a negative thing. That's a, that's a familiarity thing. That's what makes, should make us a little comfortable. Um, and so to see our family life and our 
time together and just our every day from washing clothes to going our different directions to being intentional as an act of worship, because it really ought to be. That's what it's, I mean, we're living a sacrament. That's the mystery. So anyway, any thoughts on that to go through? No? Yeah. No, I just think that um, it just, every time we kind of talk about that, it always reminds me of that, um, that book, um, Holiness for Beginners. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's a great and just, book. Yeah, and just talks about those those little things, you know that that you know, uh, it, just because you can't make it to adoration, sometimes you know <laughs> that your your altar is the sink or that pile of clothes that you're, you know, <laughs> that you're folding, um, and and just you know saying a little prayer for, um, you know, the kid that didn't wash their dish or. <laughs> You right. know, the, the, the clothes that you're folding, uh, um, the socks that you're trying to match and, and t-shirts that you're, you know, um, looking for the right dots in. That's what I had to go. I had to go to a dot system cause I couldn't tell everybody's t-shirts apart. <laughs> no, I but, can't. Um, yeah. <laughs> the dots. <laughs> yeah. Now even Trey can help. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So just, um, I, I think that I know I forget that all the time, you know, that instead of, um, of grumbling about those things, I, you know, especially now looking at, you know, the amount of laundry I do and think, you know, in about six weeks, that's going to come to a screeching halt between the yes. two of us. We probably will have two loads of clothes a week or something. I'm yeah. It's going to be really <laughs> interesting. So, yeah. um, I think a couple other points. One of them, one of them that, that that's on here that we'll talk about. We've already kind of spoken about, but I think it's another thing to be intentional to review your commitments and social media use. So that's part of scheduling is to kind of keep. I mean, I, we have good friends that. What was what was Steve's thing that wow. no more than three? I mean, back when you could do a bunch of stuff, I always thought it was a really good one because. We would end up doing it, but he's he never, never three nights in a row right. doing never, something yeah. elsewhere. I mean, so he just had it. It was a simple rule. Um, it, it was a simple rule, but. It was like I, never, I, three, never, never, never three nights in a row. You know, you're not away from the house three nights in a row. And there's never there were never any week to back to back weekends like. You know, yeah, if so, you had something one weekend, then the next weekend needed to be um, open and at home, you know, that's when the kids were a lot smaller. I think that gets harder. It gets harder yeah. to do as, as kids get, you know, as kids get older. But um, but I think just, you know, again, being when we're talking about being intentional to be intentional with your commitments, like, is this, you know, um, I know we we finally came to the conclusion that, you know, each kid could have one thing that that was it. I mean, otherwise we would have been, uh, it would have been unbelievable. The dividing and conquering. I, I don't even know if we could have done it. <laughs> I guess we'd right. have probably had to carpool with people and, you know, to have someone, cause I felt like, you know, a lot of nights we were very busy and everybody just had one thing, you know, um, that yeah, they so were involved in, in a season, you know? Um, right. So, so just, I think it's, it's worth being intentional in terms of kind of coming up with some simple rules um, in terms of making sure that you have time that you're making time, obviously on the social media stuff, you got to always be watching that. Stephanie's great. You know, it's not stalking. It's love is what, <laughs> what, Steph, is what Steph said, you know, uh, you and so she's always, <laughs> exactly. So just things like that. But anyway, I think those are the three things that we can do. Um, to try to prioritize God. Um, obviously, an, another one, worship together. That's even hard now. But I mean, but going to Mass on Sundays and even even now, even if you can't get to Mass because of what's going on, to make Sunday a, a special time, uh, a different time, a restful time uh, to the best of your ability. But I think with those, if you if you put those into place and kind of come up with what works for you, as we always say, you know, y'all are every family is like every person. It's unique and unrepeatable, and so it's important, particularly as the parents, to 
be intentional about it. So look at it as an act of worship, be intentional about carving out time and making time for each other and for the family, even just downtime, um, like, like on a Sunday, making a restful day. And then pretty frequently review commitments and social media use so that you can, um, have time together. So that's one thing for to prioritize God. That's, that's one prioritize God and family. The second one is, um, reconciliation about making that the home a place of, um, known for forgiveness with a culture of forgiveness uh, would be the second, um, thing to try to implement. Um, so I'll use, this is Pope, Benedict, back in his back in his day, he uh, there's a quote here. Well, obviously one of them. This is straight from Jesus. Is Matthew five nine? Blessed are the peacemakers. How much time do we have at home <laughs> to to be peacemakers? I mean, I don't even today. Um, it's nice to have kids because especially especially now because you're spending because you are around so much and because there's so much on it, so much that puts people on edge because the lack of knowing how things are going to work and somebody gets sick. I've run in, you know, there's so many things that I think put people on edge that I've noticed that small things, haven't you noticed this staff may, I don't know if you have Thaddeus at your house, but small things that maybe would have gone by if sometimes erupted into a little bit more than that, that I think, and that's me included because of stress or pressure or fear or whatever. Have you noticed that at all? I mean, Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's definitely, I mean, there's definitely been, been an edge, but I think the other thing, you know, in, in direct correlation to that, it's, it's been nice to see the, the little things that have meant so much, you know, um, to keep peace, taking responsibility for, I mean, you know, um, and, and, taking responsibility for, for getting your thing, you know, getting your stuff done. I know that became a, um, a big theme in our house, um, several weeks ago, um, because it was very, I mean, you know, the, 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 the saying that you can, you could cut the tension with a knife. (laughs) It was definitely that way in our house. And, and it was like, you know, Holy spirit moment. I realized Trey's taking on too much. Like he's, he was trying to get everybody registered for school and everybody do, you know, cause that's kind of what he's always done. But this time it's times three <laughs> and yeah. actually times four, because we still have another one in college. We only have two that are out. So we had a big family meeting about, okay, there's been no, because we need some people to start taking responsibility for some things. And when mom and dad tell you to do something, what's going to work for you to get that job done and we'll follow up with you, but we can't keep on like, it can't fall through. It can't fall through the cracks. Like you've got to, you've got to take responsibility for this and bring it through to completion. And those were some things that really, um, brought about peace in our house again, you know, but it was a matter of communication. And, and so I had to, I mean, I had to ask for forgiveness because I, I did, I was very short. Um, lots of times I would, I would, it would escalate rather quickly, particularly if something went wrong with regard to that. So part of building that part of building that culture of forgiveness as a parent is when you recognize that you've not handled something well, that you verbalize, will you forgive me? Will you please forgive me for this? This is my fault. This is how we can rectify it. You can help me. And, 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 you know, Steph, and I think one of the kids, maybe Grace, and I don't remember which one, had kind of like, what's up, Dad? I mean, what's going on? I mean, so blessed are the peacemakers. I don't know about you, but it does seem like, um, it, not to seem like, it is what the family's about. There's always going to be opportunities to forgive. You're all, there, there are going to be <laughs> plenty of times you offend I mean, you know, purposely sometimes, lots of times accidentally, it doesn't really matter, but that you recognize that. And I think the best place to start is as a parent, be willing to say, I was wrong. Name it for doing this. Please forgive me. 
this is how you can help me avoid this in the future. And the, the level of stress after that sit down together. It's amazing. It was I mean, it almost yeah. dropped off. But I mean, again, it's a, if you start recognizing that heightened stress or that tension, which flows out in bursts of anger or frustration or whatever, you got to have a place where people can kind of call you. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. My kids aren't afraid to go, dad, what's going on? <laughs> I mean, that's part of, that's part of, I think what you want in the culture is the kids can feel comfortable um, doing that. And then you can be humble enough to say, you know, you're right, but let's try to figure out why this is happening. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, y'all never have out. You never have anything like that at your house, Thaddeus, do you? You're, you're always just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that as a parent and as a father, maybe I should speak first as a father, because I would be inter- interested to know what Stephanie thinks. I think that the two the two vices that that get me the worst and are kind of intertwined together are pride and anger, and they they sometimes can yes you know feed feedback on on one another because I can be I can be short I can lose my patience I can get frustrated. You know, I can um, lose my temper when I when I shouldn't have, and then I don't I don't want to admit that I was at fault for doing that, and so then that builds you know resentment inside of myself that maybe the children or Robin are thinking that I acted the way I shouldn't have, and then that can lead to another outburst of of anger or. Sar- or sarcasm right. and sarcasm is sometimes even worse than just right. outright um, uh, anger. Yeah. Uh, oh, of yeah. course, we have to remember that there, you know, anger is a response to injustice, and so sometimes when there's injustice in the family, anger is the proper response of the of the parent to that. Um, right. We, so we, we have to we have to keep that in mind too. But I would I'd be interested to know what what y'all think of, about that and is that the same for a mother or maybe are there is there a different pair of vices that that gets the best of you so i think that's funny because in our house i think it's swapped <laughs> i think i'm the prideful one that like you know can puff puff up and not i mean it's you know trey i think really is very quick to come to, oh my gosh, yes, this is not right. I mean, and he apologizes for things that he shouldn't even be apologizing for. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So, and I, I'm probably more the one that, you know, is, is prideful and it's hard for me to say, and not hard for me to say, I'm sorry. It's very hard for me to say, even at, you know, almost, you know, 60 years old, please forgive me. I mean, I, I, and I challenge people to try that in in your home. And, and I mean, we, we brought the kids up like that. Um, and subsequently I, I think they're pretty good at claiming responsibility for their actions. I don't know. I kind of personally feel like in this day and age, um, that really is a root of a lot of evils is that no one thinks it's their fault. Yeah. Um, you know, and, um, and so I think starting that out at a very young age to say, I'm sorry for, you know, and of course it starts out with taking your toy, hitting you, not sharing. I mean, you know, (laughs) those kinds of things, Mm -hmm. um, please forgive me. Um, yeah, my kids, you know, like I said, my kids, I I probably struggle with that the most because I, my family, I didn't, we didn't grow up saying, you know, please forgive me. It was just like, you know, I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, we, I'm sorry. We, we, you know, we practice that too, but something that's related to what you're talking about is we also try to, to really work on all of us, not sometimes going to the, I guess you would call it um, passive aggressive response of no, right. no, it's okay. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no, we no. Did. Don't, don't say no, it's no, fine no, no, no. Yes. when I can yeah. sell, tell by your body language or your, your tone that it's not fine. You're, you're hurt. You know, Yeah. you got to yeah. talk about what's really going on inside of yourself, get it all out so yeah. that we can, that's how we can have healing and forgiveness. Absolutely. Right. And I think, totally I, agree. I, I, I that was not that, an answer in our house. It's okay or it's fine. Yeah. You, right. the, the response is, I forgive you or I, I'm still time. angry and I need some time. <laughs> Those were the only two responses. It was not, it's fine. <laughs> but we made, we made a distinction, which I think is a good one. And I think it, I think it makes sense between 
how you use I'm sorry versus please forgive me. For sure. Because I'm sorry could be, I'm sorry that that happened. You may, you may not have had anything to do with what happened. I mean, a, a bad grade, a, whatever, an accident, an injury. That's an I'm sorry. Another I'm sorry is completely accidental. I mean, deal where you didn't do it. Uh, uh, forgive me is tied to, I did something that offended you and I should have known that it would offend you. And I, and I have, I'm asking you to forgive me. And I think it is, I think it teaches children even prior to their first confession and subsequent confessions to know that there is something special about humbling yourself and putting yourself at the mercy of someone else when you offend them. In other words, for them to actually have to name it, this is it. So we, you coach that as a parent. We used to say, okay, what did you do? So for example, I mean, the kids, I've told the story about them breaking the window and, you know, throwing a baseball when I told them not to throw the baseball, throw it parallel to the house. And, and, and they said, Oh, we're good. We can, we're, you know, we're, we're great at catching ball. It won't do anything. And two minutes later, the ball comes into the living room. I mean, <laughs> and so they were sorry for breaking the window. And I said, okay, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm most concerned about. And sometimes you have to help kids understand that. What I'm most concerned about is I came to you before this happened and said, I'd really think it would be better if you did this. So you dishonored me by disobeying me on that. That broken window is a broken window. That can be fixed. And it's really not the root of the problem. So, so I think sometimes with naming it and helping them understand what's the real issue here, the real issue here is I asked you for obedience and it was in the best interest. I even told you that this is what could happen and making them understand that that's the issue, not the broken window. Well, the broken window is an issue, but, <laughs> but it's not the issue. And, and I think if you, you're going to have plenty of opportunities as a parent over the time to do that. That's another purposeful parenting tip in, in, building this culture of forgiveness is to help them understand what the root of, of the issue is for that. And you have to be when you do it. So for me, I can be rightfully angry about something happening. The fact that that's where I think a little bit of pride comes in for me. Well, I have a right to be angry. You offend me. Well, what I need to be apologizing for is not the fact that I'm not right in that you offended me, but the way I handled it. And so I need to name that, okay, I, I'm, let's be clear about what I'm asking forgiveness for. I did not handle this situation correctly. I, I, I lost my temper. I did that. So I think that's a really important point for parents to remember is to make the distinctions between an I'm sorry occurrence and a please forgive me occurrence. And then if it's a please forgive me occurrence, making sure that they're actually being asking for forgiveness for the right thing, the root problem, which I think that in concept helps all of us with what a good confession is. Because while you can say this, but there, there's oftentimes a deeper rooted issue behind it. And humbling yourself before a priest, before Jesus in the sacrament of reconciliation can be practiced in the home by having to humble yourself in front of your sibling or in front of your mom or dad. So if you build that in and then they get to see, hey, most of the time they forget, most, at some point they'll forgive me. And there's a lot of peace in that, that that's why joy comes from it, because you recognize that no matter what I did, mom or dad, or even my brother or sister will ultimately forgive me. So that's a long cash and rant. But anyway, <laughs> what do you think about that? Any, anything positive there? I think that yeah. um, I have to remember sometimes I can try to take the kids through a little bit too much examination of their, of their right. conscience when they do something wrong uh, to the point where 
it almost can <laughs> kind of yeah. grind them down, you know? And I have I, to yeah. I have to remember to say to myself, okay, are you doing this much examination when you're doing something wrong? Because maybe you need to make sure you're doing that kind of examination on yourself before you are doing it for them. That's what I call Holy Spirit moments when the when 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 you hear yourself saying something yeah. and all of a sudden God you hear you're saying something to your children but then God is saying something to right. you. <laughs> and and it's not and it's not that I'm trying to just rake them over the coals. It's not it's not that thing. I mean, I'm right. trying to do exactly what Trey is is saying of really helping them look expansively at their motivations, their passions, um, you know, the whole gamut of what was driving them to do or say what, what they did, but still it can be, sometimes it can be exhausting for them and they, they feel burdened and we're right. not supposed to, we're not supposed to do that. I think again, Except it's not, prudence. right. And I, and I think the idea is to try to get to their, to their heart. And, and so you have sometimes know when to step back and let right. hey, another great tool. And I, I promise you, if you do it, it'll work when there's an issue where maybe they're not seeing it and you've tried to help them to back off and actually ask the Holy Spirit to convict them. We forget often. I've seen that happen. Not maybe not right away, not like instantaneous, but hey, I need. Lord, could you please help like get in their heart to make them understand what the real issue is? Right. And I think lots of times we don't, we think we're in control when in fact we have God that is wanting to work through this. This is the domestic church. He's, he's wanting to call people and to, um, to be convicted. So one of the last things on this one, then we'll move to the last one. It, it mentions don't hold grudges. The way I would say that is my mother was the queen and Stephanie, I've had, have had, have had issues on this, but I was always told, you know, you can disagree. You can still even be angry and have it not be resolved, but do not go to sleep and do not leave another person without saying, Hey, let's put a pin in this or whatever, but stop and say, I love you anyway. And then like, if it, sometimes you can't resolve it when you want to. So Stephanie, and I had that, you know, I think one of our first biggest arguments was literally all night because I had been raised to, you can't go to bed angry. Well, um, and not angry. You can't go to bed without saying, I love you. Stephanie and I had a big argument and literally she wasn't, hadn't come from that background. And, and I literally kept her up all night. We, we, the sun came up. That was in our first probably year and a half of marriage. And that wow. it was at that point that we said, we, that it was at that point we said, okay, Bulldog. we have to, <laughs> we have to set rules about how I, somewhere in the middle between me and Stephanie is usually the answer. It's not exactly. usually one or the other, but, but, but I think that began the process of saying, okay, if you're angry and you don't feel like really talking about it and you've been offended, then I need to give you space. Um, it's not on my time. Like you need to forgive me. You know, um, <laughs> you, you, it's not on my time. But it's not fair for you to let it go for days. Yeah. You know, and at a minimum to I stop and say, days. I could just got hours. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying for for any too long a period, you have to come up with that with with what what that's what's the Okay, I need to give a little bit on this, and you can give a little bit on that, and yep. but it's still a matter of forgiveness. So, anyway, um, yep. you need rules. You got to have some rules. Everybody I mean, needs rules. Speaking of, and speaking of rules, we only have uh, thirteen minutes left. So, do you want perfect? Do you want to move, move on the to last that, one? That last one. Yeah, yeah, I'll move the last one. So, so you want to build a culture, of, and this is for joy-filled homes. You want to build a culture of of service. You know. Gener generous acts of mutual service and doing the ordinary things with great love. Um, few quotes, you know, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. Um, I, I, this is Mother Teresa. I, I know that she's a, a saint 
Mother Teresa, um, said, be the living expression of God's kindness, kindness in your face, kindness in your, your eyes, kindness in your smile. And I think springboarding off of that, I mean, there's a couple things. One, the way we respond with our bodies, I think is as in terms of, in terms of service, this is kind of a sidebar, but I think it's important. We talked about that. There is, you have to teach your kids that your body is, and it's great springboard into theology of the body, that your body communicates more than, than just your words. So if you've ever had a teenager roll their eyes while they're saying, sorry, you have to have already taught them, Hey, that's not a real sorry. I mean, just because the words are coming out doesn't mean that's a that. sorry. Sorry is what that is. That's it's a, a sorry, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but but early I, on, you can, can I break you in? Can, can I break in with a funny, yeah, go ahead. a funny story yeah, about my father, ahead. who you got yeah. to meet over Skype a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I did. I was Sometimes I, I did. when I would do this, the sorry, sorry, <laughs> right? He would come back and he would say, "Yeah, you are sorry." <laughs> like, and that was just like, yeah okay i guess uh, i need to try take another run at this pop sorry <laughs> yeah so but I, no, I think i think that that's part of it that that and that recognize that sometimes just really just a smile or a kind word or is sometimes all we need you know i mean Therese of Lisieux talks about prayer being kind of just a simple glance to heaven. Even God just wants just a little acknowledgement of him. Well, I think it's the same thing for other people. Like if somebody's struggling doing something, want to build a culture where people are like, recognize it, you know, and act on it. Like, Hey, can I help? Can I help you? And again, as a parent, first off, you got to, you you got to live that yourself, and I mean I've struggled through the thirty some odd years of you know Stephanie's the the doer, uh, and and I, I think there have been times, uh, hopefully not as frequently recently, but <laughs> that I've probably not jumped in or, you know, maybe if she doesn't see that I notice, she'll just finish it, you know, kind of, kind of thing. But I mean you got to you got to you got to. Um, Again, help purposely pull your child aside. Maybe not even, maybe not even making a big deal out of it and say, "Hey, did you notice your sister was having trouble with this? You're really good at that." You know, just on the side, maybe, maybe, maybe you could go over there and help. Not even requiring it, but just kind of building them up. But that's a way of fostering that. You got to look for those opportunities. Parent parenting is just seeing the opportunities that present themselves just in ordinary life and then being aware enough to say, okay, this is a chance for me to encourage somebody and then let them take the credit. You don't need to, you don't have to um, make sure that everybody knew that dad went over there or mom went over there and said, go do that. I mean, sometimes, you know, a whisper or a nudge or whatever. So, any thoughts I, on that? Well, and I just think that um, that 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 kind of interaction and that kind of encouragement builds two things. I mean, it builds a sense of service, but it also it also builds an identifying of gifts. You know, because you do, especially in large families. I mean, you know, and it could be as simple as, um, I mean, Kingsley's good at organizing, so she helps the boys. You know, kind of do that. They're good at maybe better than something and they, they help with that. I mean, so it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's identifying and building up, um, gifts of each other, but also in addition, um, the service. And, and I think that, you know, sometimes we think that service has to be, you know, these big, huge, um, projects and, and they're not, I mean, some of, the, the, you know, some things that warm my heart are to come home and the dishes are done or, uh, I had to leave earlier than Trey from work for work and I come home and the bed was made. I mean, those are little things that just say, 
to you. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, I thought about you and I, I don't care. And I know he doesn't care about that. And he especially doesn't care about the 15 pillows that he has to put on the bed. <laughs> I still don't know why they're there. <laughs> <laughs> but you come home and you open the door to your room and it's like, Oh, <laughs> you know, he thought, he thought more of himself. He thought, he thought more of me than himself. Um, you know, so anyway, it's, it's those little acts of service, I think, and acts of kindness, you know, they always talk about paying it forward and doing those kind of things, but also doing that within our families, um, is a great place to, to start. <laughs> and, and making sure that the kids are aware of that, I think is important too. Cause I think sometimes you miss opportunities you know, so if the person that was served, you know, could talk, hey, you know, mom did this or somebody did that so that you kind of build a sense of because sometimes in a house, not everybody's aware of what's going on and you can get going fast and you miss the chance to teach, you know, to even just, hey, you know, I was really so excited because mom did this for me or dad did this for me or and and, and just communicate gratitude because I think, so, you know, one of the great things about services is a sense of gratitude. So I think gratitude and service go together, recognizing that. So to be a thankful person. Um, but anyway, I, I service is something that has to be um, fostered and it can't, it, it, you have to get to their heart. You can't say, well, you need to go do that. I mean, sometimes you do have to say that, <laughs> but, 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 but what you're wanting to get is to get them in situations where they experience the beauty of helping somebody and even more make it feel like it's there. You're encouraging where it's there doing it so that they take ownership of it as opposed to, well, you know, yeah, I did it, but, you know, I'd rather done it. I did it because mom told me I had to do it or dad told me I had to do it. You don't want to, you don't want to foster that. You eventually want to figure out how do I help get them to experience the joy of service and what can that be? And that's not just even in the house. I mean, if you go and volunteer somewhere, bring a kid along and let them see what that's like, you know, Steph volunteered a bunch at, at school and we've all done, you know, done our thing, but include them in that so that they're aware of it. You know, I mean, you can kind of go through life, never pointing out things to your kids. And those are the very opportune opportunities that are there, um, to be purposeful, to let them know that. Does that make sense? Or absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, um, just looking up our verse for the, our verse for the for the week. Um, uh, but I'm so out of so out of uh, I'm, I'm I'm out of the habit, guys. <laughs> yeah, it seems yeah. like it's been so long since we since we've done the show. But um, I mean, y'all been y'all been carrying on, and I I appreciate Stephanie, that. Stephanie, <laughs> when you're when you're ensconced up in your high rise office like that, it's easy yeah. to get out of good you know good habits. Yeah, I wish I could see my new office. <laughs> Brought to you by Skype. <laughs> I just want to know where you are. <laughs> but but uh, so anyway, I maybe to wrap it up, maybe wrap it up and go back through. So I think there, there's several things. You know, first to create a joyful home, God and family have got to be one. And we, you know, always God first, family second friends, third, everything else, fourth. And that makes itself apparent in and through concrete decisions, purposeful things. Am I, am, am I really living that out in what I do and how do I, act, how I act? And that has to come from the parents. Um, the second thing that's, it, it is a spirit of reconciliation. So if God's at the center and we're a place where we recognize we're sinners and we will offend each other, but are we helping our kids with the tools to recognize when they offend and how they can make that right? And can they forgive and working on that? Um, and confession's a great opportunity for that, but reconciliation being the second part. And then the final one being service, um, place where people are looking out for other people. They're, they're 
dying to themselves for the sake of the other because that's what we're called to do as Christians. <laughs> that's what it that's what it's about. So I think hopefully those three um, areas can help and we've got a few uh, a few practical things in there I think to to help um, maybe put that in into practice but absolutely well, I'm, I'm going to go with Ephesians uh, 432 today and that says and be kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you Whew. so Ephesians 432 that's like you already knew what was going on you're good <laughs> thank, you, awesome. yeah, thank you, Google. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yes, and remember, only God can help you take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. Thanks for joining us. Pray for us. We're praying for you. God bless you guys. Thanks, Thaddeus. Great having you on. Thank you, guys. And I uh, hope you all have enjoyed this uh, new episode of mystery of parenthood brought to you through the wonders of uh, skype and we really had a lot of technical issues today didn't we guys <laughs> trying to trying to get, pull this thing we, off we, but did. we still did it we, we, got, did. we god, god overcame <laughs> we persevered and we got it done so so thank you all so much all right. and uh we'll be back with you again next week with mystery parenthood god bless you guys all right bye-bye pray for us bye-bye C.S. Lewis once said, Courage is not simply one of the virtues, but the form of every virtue at the testing point. A Manly Minute with Mark Houck of the Kingsmen. Courage is synonymous with the cardinal virtue of fortitude. The Catechism teaches that fortitude strengthens the resolve to resist temptations and to overcome obstacles in the moral life. Fortitude enables one to conquer fear, even fear of death, and to face trials and persecutions. It disposes one even to renounce and sacrifice his life in defense of a just cause. This is Jesus Christ. As men, we are grafted into the sonship of Christ by virtue of our baptism and gift of masculinity. The world needs more men to activate the virtue of courage. One man with courage is a majority, said Andrew Jackson. Are you that man? For more information on authentic masculinity, visit thekingsmen.org.